I couldn't even spook that bass off the shore. It was, it, was, it was a female, and she was on the spawning bed. And I mean, she there, she's not moving. She's just sitting there, big old fat thing, too. I'd never caught a bass before. I kept throwing that thing, and Ted's like, and Ted's in there, too. Ted's like, I'm going to get it. Then he starts trying to snag it. Because if you can't fish, you know, then let's snag. But no, man, about, about three, four weeks later, I learned something about fishing. And not a whole lot, but I learned something. I ended up catching that fish. It was eight pounds. That's the first bass I ever caught was an eight-pound bass. I mean, that thing shook its head. That thing shook its head and would come out of my hand. It was powerful. Uh, I got bit. I got bit, and I learned how to fish. Here's the one thing I learned about fishing that most people don't tell you. Your attitude is everything. If you fish a bait without confidence, you will not catch fish on that bait. And you say, well, it has, you mean it has to do with faith? It has absolutely nothing to do with faith. If you don't have confidence in a bait, you'll fish it and you won't pay attention to what's happening on the other end of the line. And sometimes on days, on hard days, that's why some people say, ah, it's just a bad day. You go with me on a bad day and I'm going to catch fish on a bad day. How many times do I, how many times we go out, do I catch fish, Ted? Every time. It don't matter. I don't care what, I don't care if it's the heat of the summer. I don't care if it's the wrong time of the day. I can find them and I can catch them. Because when I fish, when I'm fishing, I fish whatever I'm fishing with confidence. And when I'm fishing with confidence and, and, and I've got confidence in that lure, and I have confidence in everything I throw. I don't throw nothing I don't have confidence in. Did y'all hear me? I don't throw, some of y'all doing this, you don't have confidence in. That's why you're losing. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm still talking about tithing and offering. I know you don't. Hey, some of y'all lost it. Some of you like, okay, confidence. Tell us what colors you're fishing. No, 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 no. That's not what this is. This is not a fishing seminar. It's an example. So when I fish a bait, I'm fishing, I fish it with confidence. When you fish something with confidence, you all of a sudden you, be, you concentrate on what's happening on the other end. It's, it's, of course, you can't see where that lure is, but you have to, you have to imagine it. You have to picture it. You have to, you have to know the subtle changes that sometimes happen when a fish grabs that bait. Because sometimes, sometimes they hit hard when they're aggressive, but when they're not aggressive, you can barely feel them on the other end of that line. And that's the difference between someone that catches fish on purpose and someone that catches fish on accident. When you catch fish on purpose, you're paying attention. You're, you got a good attitude. You have a lot of confidence. See, some of you got to get confidence in what you're doing for the kingdom, what you're doing with the word of God. If you'll, if you'll work the word of God with confidence and pay attention. I'm preaching. See, some of you can't even pay attention through the service long enough to stay off of Facebook. And then you wonder why you're not catching nothing. Well, glory to God. Is what's happening on social media really that important? Well, you know, this is, this is boring. Well, it's only boring till you start hauling it in. It's only, it's only boring till you start hauling it in. And you're not going to start hauling it in until you've disciplined yourself to get past, to get past what is uh, seemingly unimportant. But, you know, after a year of fishing... I almost started fishing tournaments, um, but then I, I got a boat and it was more trouble than what it was worth. So I was like, I ain't doing no tournaments. Sold the boat, <laughs> and and the Lord sent us back 
uh, full-time in the field uh, shortly after. So, th th but this is why we do what we do, and this is why I teach it, because there's a blessing in it. Amen. Amen. See, Titus ain't going to get not one bit of this blessing. Now look at him. Praise God. <laughs> Shri like, boy, I'm about to bless you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Titus. I, uh, now, he's now he's nervous. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, sow our tithe, our offering. I know I took a while today. I'm, I'm going to share something very brief after this, and then I, I am going to turn you loose, but I I did, um, this, this need, need to be said. I know it's not the most shouting stuff, and we're not all uh, running and frothing at the mouth here, but it's definitely important. Uh, so uh, if, if you're doing text to give, you text the keyword Winner's Church to 77977. Uh, you can also write checks. You can give cash. Uh, there are envelopes on the back of your chairs um, for you to uh, use to, to give. Um, everything that comes in these offerings goes to the church and to the, the ministries that are working in this church. Now we do, we have, we, we have money in the bank. The reason why we have money in the bank is because we're careful with what we do, with what we, you know, uh, what we get. And we don't, we don't just uh, spend a lot of money on, on whatever. And so some people are like, you know, pastor, he, he says we got a lot, but then he, he acts, you know, he makes it hard for people to spend it. That's why we have it. Why we, that's why we have it, uh, because we're, because <laughs> he's like, hey, I think we need this, but, um, but we will, you know, uh, uh, thank God for Shelby. Shelby uh, went back there in the back, and uh, if you get a chance, go into the nursery and go into the, go into the infant area. Shelby just tore it up back there. Yeah, I don't mean made, made it bad. She put some curtains in there. She's like, this is where a mother ought to do her nursing is right in here. I'm like, man, I want to do some nursing back here. I, beautiful. Listen, it came out gorgeous. We, we, now I, we, we don't believe in genies and gyms, things like that, but uh, we do get a, we did get a diaper genie because we do believe in that. Thank God. Make those little diaper sausages. Uh, but the, you know, we, she, she put some things back there for the mothers and we need it. We need it. We've got, I'm telling you, so there's there to be some more babies born in this church. And, uh, but see, those are the kinds of things. Outreach has been a lot of where our money has been spent as a church. And, of course, we are, you know, spend on this building, on electricity. Uh, we've had several, a couple of $600 light bills uh, since uh, it was uh, uh, summer. I think that's a little, uh, uh, a little uh, excessive, but that's what it's been. Um, our, our house electric bill was the same thing. Uh, so which is kind of weird. Uh, I think of priming some windows and to make my house a little more efficient. But, um, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty rough. But, you know, that's, that's, where, that's where our finances go, is to uh, further the ministry. Um, I've already told y'all several times what I make, and uh, I think I'm probably up for a raise here before long. But uh, uh, it's not very much. <laughs> And I'm not complaining. That's what that's what I've done. In fact, Annie was telling me the other day. She said, "You need to get a raise." And and uh, boy, the kids they they laughed at her because uh, I, I won't tell the whole story because I don't want to embarrass her. But it, it was pretty funny. But uh, she's like, "I think you need a raise. You haven't had a raise, and you've never had a raise." She said, "Not in the last since we've been here in Oklahoma since 2003. You haven't had a raise." And you know she's right. I haven't had a raise since 
well before to in the 90s that's the last time i had a raise was in the 90s and uh but anyhow um very very a very small percentage of what we have goes to salary which shouldn't encourage you any it shouldn't make you feel proud um uh, it shouldn't make you feel ashamed either most most ministries spend uh, sixty to seventy percent of what what comes in on uh, executive you know pay and things like that. So uh, you know we're doing pretty good that most of ours goes to outreach. Isn't that awesome? I love it. Praise God, and uh, we're just gonna keep on doing it. But um, supersede. What's our supersede this week? Thirty-four. Ted already knows. He's happy about it too. Supersede week number 34, 34 and above your tithe and your offering. And uh, so now do we believe in prosperity in this church? Yes, we do. We believe, we believe it all the way. Listen, we believe, we believe if you want to drive a Mercedes, you can drive a Mercedes. God don't care nothing about what you drive. God don't care nothing about what. If someone rolled up here in a Ferrari, wouldn't surprise me. Just get me one. Amen. Wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, we have two, two people here that own airplanes. I believe that before it's all over with, we'll have maybe three or four people in this church that'll own airplanes. Amen. I'm leaving with you, Eric. That you're going to, you know, Eric, he's like, well, I think I might need an airplane. I'm like, yeah, amen. Go ahead, Go ahead and receive it in the name of Jesus. Now, see, some of y'all like, nobody needs an airplane. You don't know, you don't know what we do. And so, praise God. Amen. So, yeah, we're, you know, the ministry, this church, actually our airplane is owned by the church. The airplane I fly is owned by the church. Uh, we did it that way on purpose uh, for tax purposes. And um, so it's actually the evangelistic ministry's airplane, but it's in the church's name. And then Michael, he, his roofing company owns an airplane. And like I said, Eric, he's, he wants to, he's kind of interested in it, kind of in his heart. And uh, anybody else, you know, that does work that is need of, in need of that, you ought to believe God for it. Amen. I definitely would like to have a few more pilots up here. I told, I told Tyler, I said, Tyler, if you'd gotten your pilot's license, you wouldn't have to be driving to Indiana today. I would have tossed you the keys to the plane and said, all right, man, bring it back full. I said, you'd have been there in three hours and back in three hours. You'd, they'd have been here this morning for church. But anyhow, um, but God, God, there's no limits to what you want to live in Galardia. Live in Galardia. I don't, God don't care whether you live in Galardia or you live in a shack somewhere, you know, in, in uh, uh, where's that place of you, grandparents used to live? Valley Brook. God don't care if you live next to the strip club in Valley Brook. God don't care nothing about that. He'll, but you know what? If you want to live in Galardia, he'll put you smack dab in the middle of Galardia. You want the nicest place in Galardia? God will bless you with the nicest place. You can have a, you can have a gravy fountain in front of your house if you want. It. Grow you a biscuit tree out there if you want. It. God don't care nothing about that. All he, all he wants is for you to be obedient to him. To love him and not love stuff. To live for him. Amen. And he'll give you every, all things richly to enjoy. You want a Louis Vuitton? He'll give you 7, 12, 45 Louis Vuitton. If you want Louis Vuitton? Listen, if you, want to, if you want to tattoo your body in Louis Vuitton, God don't care. I don't think he does. I mean, I'm not going to do it. Ted might look good Louis Vuitton, but I... Ted get a Louis Vuitton sleeve. Can you imagine? Yeah. Anyhow, but God, God, God bless you. He, he don't care. 
Three carat diamond? God don't care. One time a preacher bought a $30,000 dog. Someone was like, I can't believe it. I'm like, we know you can't. But he did. <laughs> it was like, well, that's not the, that's not the Lord. Well, you know, if he, if he wanted a $30,000 dog, who cares? Why, why do you care? You never gave no offering to his ministry. Why do you care? Now, Carolyn, if Carolyn gave an offering and she cared, then she could just quit giving. If she thought that he was giving her money to get a $30,000 dog. But that isn't how that happened. Are y'all hearing me today? Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Imagine if, you, imagine if you rolled up at the hospital, Bonnie, and there were people that you helped deliver their kids, and they were offended at the car you drive. I can't believe it. I, I mean, I, I, I help pay your salary, and you're driving around there. How dare you? Well, listen, ain't none of your business. You know, she, she can drive whatever she wants. So, amen. Praise the Lord. See, I'm starting to meddle. I'm going to quit now. All right, let's, uh, let's pray over our offering. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to sow into your kingdom. Lord, as we give today, may it be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over. Cause men to give into our bosom with the same measure that we meet. With all, may it be measured unto us again. We're so grateful, God, that you've given us the ability to tap into the flow of the resources of heaven through giving and receiving. Lord, I thank you that you are the supplier of all that we have need of according to your riches in glory. And so, Father, I pray that every individual will be faithful in the giving of their, uh, their tithes and their offerings to you. And as a result, Lord, that the windows of heaven will be opened up, that blessing will be poured out, that there's room, not room enough to receive in the name of Jesus, and that your people will be called blessed by all the nations of the earth. God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you again. Uh, for being able to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody that believed it said amen. amen. You can bring your tithe. You can bring your offering. Uh, uh, if you have it to bring, if you don't have it to bring, if you've done it online, we know that you've done it online. If you have a visitor's card, please make sure you drop your visitor's card in the offering plate. I want to show, again, I've taken all the time to share about that. I, I do feel like that I need to, every now and again, uh, share about these things. But I do want to share uh, something else outside of the, the scope of tithing and offering giving with you before you leave here. Um, this last week, the revival in Shawnee was off the chain. I can't, I can't express enough to y'all how much a God did in that revival meeting. It was, you would have, you would have expected us to go on with revival the, the way that it went. But uh, we didn't go on with revival because we just didn't feel led uh, by the Spirit uh, to go on with that revival. But what, much of what I was talking about there in the revival was uh, preparing, a, uh, 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 entertaining the presence of the Lord, entertaining the presence of God. And uh, getting over there in the flow. We've been talking about the anointing and being anointed. And how that God's anointing lives in us. Uh, because God's spirit lives on the inside of us. And First uh, John says that we have an anointing from the Holy One. And that anointing causes us to know all things. Amen. When the anointing is in you, you don't have to rely upon your natural man to teach you. You can rely upon the Spirit to teach you. Let me, let me, let me drop you a little nugget here. Uh, we ought to let, be letting the anointing that's in us train our minds instead of the other way around. 
The anointing that's in you wants to train you to be what God wants you to be. In fact, that's the only way you can ever truly become all that God wants you to be is by letting the Spirit of God that's in you train your mind to be what God has created you to be. God created you for a purpose, and the only way you're going to see that is by the Spirit. That's why in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible says this, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But the very next verse says this, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Amen. And the spirit of God desires to reveal the deep things of God to you, God's people. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that the Bible says that in the beginning, the spirit was moving over the face of the deep. You know, the Bible never records he quit moving, but he's, he conti he's continued to move all this time. Do you know what the spirit has done? He has collected information. He has seen everything that's happened. He's been a part of everything that's happened. And it's his desire to share with you secrets, mysteries, to lead you and to show you his way. You know, uh, it's, it's uh, for man, it's hard for us to discern sometimes why God does what he does. Um, it was hard for me to understand why Hilda would have two babies at 27 weeks. But you know what? I'm, I'm, not, going, I'm not going to worry my head about it. I'm just going to thank God and trust, trust that God knows what he's doing. Uh, I was sharing this with somebody about some circumstance. You know, Annie and I, when we were 15 years old, that's a... Seems like it was yesterday, but when it is a long time ago, but when we were, when we were 15 years old, how long ago was that baby? You don't want to tell, do you? About 40, 30, 30 something years ago. But anyway, when we were 15 years old, I was, uh, I just got born again. And you know, when you're 15 years old, you see a hot mama, you're like, Hey, and I'll, 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 I'll never forget when I, uh, I, I, I wasn't attracted to Annie's. I'll just tell you this. I wasn't attracted to Annie spiritually. You understand? Amen. When, you're, when you're a 15-year-old boy, you're not, you're not saying, I see Jesus in your eyes and it makes me love you. I see Jesus in your heart and I know you care. That's, that's not what it was about. Um, I, I, I saw a different... I saw a different Amen. Anyway, it wasn't love that I was feeling. She was gorgeous. And so we started to date at 15 years old, Annie and I. And about, you know, about three weeks a month into us dating, she was such a distraction to me. And uh, because, and it wasn't her fault. I mean, she was just being a girl. You know, she, she was just warm and smelt nice, and she was soft to the touch. I mean, she she didn't even have to dress up. It, she was just had to be female. You understand? And, and so, I, I was like, it's hard for me to pray. You know, when I'm around this girl, it's hard for me to keep my focus on Jesus. Now, here's the here's what's wild: is that God knew we would be married. God knew that we would spend, we've been married this year, this next year we'll be married 35 years. 35 years next July 23rd. We will be married 35 years. So 
God knew that we would be married and we'd be, have two children and that we'd be married for a long time. But at 15 years old, I knew in my heart I had to break it off with Annie at 15 years old. And I believed I was led by the Spirit. Now, how much sense does that make that God, three years later, we're going to be married. But at that moment, I, I, I had to cut off whatever kind of relationship I had with her because I wasn't at that point where I could handle that. You know what? You think that now in my, in my mind, the way my mind worked is, well, the Lord don't want me with her. But that wasn't the case. God did want me with her. He just didn't want me with her right then. See, those are the things that I had not seen, that ear hath not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God, by his spirit, are y'all, are y'all, are y'all getting the lesson of this? God, by his spirit, navigates us through the waters of our life. And you know what? Some, sometimes there's things that you desire and a thing that you believe that God wants you to have. You know what I desire? I desired Annie. I believe that she was a good thing. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I knew she was a good thing. She was my, she was, she was my rib with barbecue sauce. She was my rib. <laughs> when my daughter was little, she said, she said, Dad, I, I found out girls are made of of sugar and spice and everything nice. And boys are made of snips and snails and puppy dog tails. I said, baby, that's not true. She said, it's not. I, I said, no. She said, well, what are, what are, what are boys made out of? I said, dirt. I said, dirt and the breath of God. She said, so what are girls made out of? I said, ribs. She went to school. She tried to tell her teacher. She said, we're not made of, of uh, sugar and spice. My daddy's a preacher. He said, we're made out of ribs. <laughs> then, then, I took him to the, then I took him to County Line Barbecue, and she saw what a rib was. She said, that's what we're made of, Dad. <clears throat> it's so funny. <laughs> But, you know, some of us, we see the good thing and we have a way that we would, you know, I had a way that I wanted to, to, to be with, with Annie. I, there was a way that seemed right unto me. And you know what? We may have ended up at the same place, married with children, if I had continued to do what I wanted to do. But was that God's way? No, it wasn't God's way. God's way was for me to cut that off, to focus on Jesus, to get things built up on the foundation of my life spiritually so that I could be the husband that he wanted me to be and she could be the wife that God wanted her to be to me. Boy, I'm, I'm preaching. See, I'm, I'm, I just preached in about 10 minutes. Something y'all are like, come on, somebody. See, because God's ways are, that's why the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. We don't always understand. And sometimes we get scared. We get in fear because we think God is trying to take us from the thing that we like. We don't understand if we'll just do it his way. He'll bring us back around to the place where that thing works out better for us than if we had done it our way. 
And so we, we can't be afraid that God is going to take from us. You know, we get this idea. God's just trying to take. God ain't trying to take that. I don't know who this lady is here. She's, got, she's wrapped up. I, I reckon you're cold. That's because all of us in here, uh, we probably need to have our blood pressure checked. Anyway, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us, but some of us. I'm going to speak for myself. But um, there, I, 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 I sense in my spirit, I feel like the Lord is telling me to tell you this, that you, you set out on a journey, and you set out on a journey. You had the opportunity. It seemed like that the Lord was giving you the opportunity to go in a way and in a direction that he wanted you to go. But somehow along the, along the way, it's like you... you you, uh, you, start, you started going in a way that was more leaning on your strength and leaning on your mind and leaning on your thoughts. And the, the mind of God and the way of God was kind of scared you. Like, it, because it was uncertain, because you didn't know how it would turn out if you went the way of God. But I hear the Lord saying this. He's brought you back around to do things His way. And I hear the Lord saying that he says you do things his way God says and he's going to cause everything that seems to have run away from you that was good the Lord says all that he says is going to begin to flood back into your life I hear God you know God tells me to tell you God is not mad at you God is not holding you at arm's length you're here today, and I feel like you've sat here and you've wondered if the Lord would even have anything to do with you. Right now, spirit, so I see him. I see the anointing has fallen on you. Here, here in a minute, that blanket's going to be too warm because the fire of God's sitting on you. And I see, this, I see his spirit over your head and over your shoulders. The fire of God's come on you because God wants you to know that he is taking you into his arms and he is wrapping you up, the Lord says, and he is going to begin to show you the direction that he has for your life. And I hear God saying this. I hear God saying some of the things that you missed out on in another season, you're not going to miss out on in the season that's coming. The Lord says he's going to give you another opportunity and he's going to cause his blessing and his grace to abound toward you. And I hear the Lord saying that there's a measure of what you have lost, what has been stolen from you by the enemy that is going to be restored to you by the Spirit of God. Amen. And I, and I hear God saying that you're going to shout because the blessing of the Lord is going to make you rich, going to add no sorrow. With, he's going to add no sorrow with it in the name of Jesus. I hear the Lord saying that he's turning your mourning into dancing. He's turning your sorrow into joy. The Lord said, the Lord said at, at one point, you looked forward to death. But I hear God saying, you're coming to a place where the Lord's going to cause you to look forward to every day that you have to live in his presence. The Lord says you're going to look forward to living. God says you're not going to be looking forward to death because God says you're going to have something to live for in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, that's a word from God. Glory, glory. Come on, someone lift your hands and thank God. You know, it's, it's so strange. You know, you know, you know, what, you know what I hear in my spirit? I hear the song says, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, 
but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me the Lord says my word hadn't changed. God says the love for you uh, that I have for you. God says I've, I hasn't failed. God says I've never, I've never. The Lord says I have never given up on you. God said, and I never will. God says, it's a new season. It's a new day. The Lord says, new doors are opening before you. And he says, and, and he says uh, things will never be the same. God says, if you'll receive my grace uh, toward you this day, the Lord says, every evil, damnable thing that the enemy has tried to perpetrate against you, the Lord says, will be canceled in a moment. And God says, everything that I have declared, the Lord says, will be restored unto you. God says, not just halfway, the Lord says, but 100% all the way. My blessing will abound towards you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. How many, how many other people will receive that today? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I've quoted enough scripture that I don't have to read another one, I guess. But, but I, want you to, I want you to have confidence in, in God's ways. In the processes of God. The only way you can facilitate the processes of God is to entertain his presence. When I was entertaining the presence of God, it was drawing me away from a woman that would be my wife, a woman that would bring me joy, a, a woman that would bring me peace, a woman that would bring me comfort, a woman that would bring me children, a woman that would bring me pleasure, a woman that would bring everything into my life that I needed in this in, in this part of my life. You know, God blessed me with a good woman. Uh, and I, I will tell you all this. I'll, and I'm not saying this to get points from Annie here. Uh, she, she loves me and she loves me big time. But I'm going to tell you something. Everything that you think about her, if you, if you think she's... Um, uh, if you think that she's a good person and that she's a unique individual and you think that there's something about... I'm going to tell you all of that is true and more. I have never met a person... I'm just, I'm just saying, I have never met a person as unique and as exceptional as the woman that God brought me. I have, why would I look anywhere else when God brought me someone? Now, maybe, maybe it's just the view that I have and the perspective that I have because of what, but honestly, I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't dream that there would be anyone, anyone any better than the woman that God brought me. And at 15, he asked me to step away. He said, step away. I could have I read that to be, God, he's just trying to take all the fun out of my life. I'm going to have to be, in fact, you know, I did kind of go over that. I was like, well, I'll just be single. I'll just be single. I'm going to put on sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> just be single for the rest. I'm never going to get married. I had a love and I lost it. The Lord, the Lord, said, Lord said no, Titus. The Lord said no. <laughs> I said that to Titus because every time he'd say something, he'd say, Mom, can we go here? I said, Titus, the Lord says no. He's like, the Lord didn't say no. I said, how do you know? 
Then he comes over here, children's church. They're like, everyone knows someone who's a challenge to be around. And we need to pray for them. We need to pray for people that are mean. Who, who knows somebody like that? Titus like, who, Titus, who do you want to pray for? Pastor. <laughs> pray for pastor. <laughs> Ayla, told, Ayla told me that. She's like, pastor, he said, we need to pray for you. You were challenging to be around. <laughs> and then Sheree looks at him. She says, Titus. He's like, I didn't say that. I said, Caesar. I said, let me see. Pastor Caesar. I said, don't even sound the same boy. I said, are you saying Ayla's lying? He's like, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to quit here. When I entertained the presence of God, the Lord saw to it. That one needed to be built. You know, you know why God sometimes draws us away from the very things that he wants for us? See, some of you like, God wants me to be a millionaire. And then the Lord be telling you, hey, you need to uh, step off away from this. Things that are going to make you a millionaire. And you're like, wait a minute. That don't even make sense. Well, sometimes God's got to prepare you to be a millionaire. Sometimes you don't know that you're not ready. You don't have what it, some of y'all, well, where's my husband? Man, every time, I, every time I'm trying to find me a husband, it seems like God leads me away from him. There's a reason. We got to follow him, and we got to follow him with joy. We got to follow, not follow him with, not, not follow him with discontent in our heart. Not, not follow him, well, here, happened again. Oh, woe is me. No, let him, let him work to prepare you. In three years, God prepared me to be a good husband to a good wife. In three years, God prepared a good woman to be a good wife to a great husband. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, we talk sometimes and say, where would we be? Where would we be if we hadn't, if we hadn't have, have been with one another? And Annie goes to talk. I said, Annie, you'd be some country bumpkin out there living in... <laughs> I just like to mess with her. I like to mess with her. I want to encourage you. Entertain the presence of God in your life. Follow where he leads. Don't be afraid when he leads you away from something that you... I know I've helped some people. I can see the lights going off in y'all. Amen. Stand up all over the place. Praise God. Thank God. I know today was a bit unusual, but like I said, I really sensed in my heart like we needed to, uh, we needed to share uh, what we did concerning tithing and why we do that. I thank God for y'all. Um, some of y'all, the Lord led you to us when we were at a revival in a Newcastle. And then for a period of time, y'all went someplace else because there wasn't a place to go. But then the Lord brought us all back together. And uh, we have a lot of people. In fact, everyone that was a part of the, the beginnings of Winter's Church is really still here. Every, everyone that went into my living room with the exception of Hans and Teresa, but they moved you know, to Tulsa. But I can't think of anyone that was there uh, in that first meeting um, and the wards, but anyone that was in that first meeting in the living room at my house, we're all still together. We're all still together. And, and God is continuing to work and add to our family. Next week, we're going to 
we're going to certify you members that haven't if you haven't got your certification if you haven't got your winners church members certification uh, you will receive it next week you say what's that well it's a certificate <laughs> we, we've prepared them we've prepared them for uh, for Melody for Seth for uh, Lindsay and her family uh, for uh, uh, Brandon his family also uh, for Gil and his family uh, we just we haven't got and then those of you that are charter members Miss Carolyn was talking about she said we didn't get a certificate pastor can we can we get a pin or something can we get a pin and I, I said yeah and and I, we said we was going to take a little notch out of the pin for every time you wanted to leave and we're like some people just going to get like a pin with a thing on the back it's not even going to have <laughs> nothing's going to be left <laughs> but uh but we're we're glad that we're glad that God brought us to be a part of this together. You know, the reason I, I believe God is is uh, asking us to entertain His presence is because some of you are about to go to the next level, and the next level isn't just all about shouting and frothing at the mouth and uh, going to the next level is graduating to the place where you can deal with the difficulties that you're going to face in the next season. I heard Joyce Meyer say this, higher levels, bigger devils. Higher levels, bigger devils. If you go to a higher level, the challenge is going to be greater. But God's going to anoint you and empower you. And he's going to, uh, there are going to be gifts that are going to kick in. I don't know who this young lady is here. I'm going I'm to give you a word. I hear the Lord telling me to tell you this. Your promotion isn't going to come based on your giftedness. The Lord says your promotion is coming based on your willingness to follow the Spirit to the next level. God, God says you are approaching the time of graduation. The Lord says where you go from, from one level to the next level. The Lord, the Lord says this. The Lord says... He says he's leading you, and he says he's, he's leading you in a way that, man, I see the Spirit of, Spirit of God just fell on you. The anointing, I see the anointing. It's like that anointing dropped on you as I began to talk. But I hear the Lord saying that um, he, the Lord says he, he has had to take you and move you. Next week, y'all come back next week. Next week, I'm going to talk about associations and how they affect the anointing in our lives. How our associations affect the anointing that works in our lives. How, the, how it works to either increase the anointing or decrease the anointing. How it works to either increase the effectiveness of, of the anointing of God in our life or decrease the effectiveness. Our associations are extremely important. And some of you, God brought you to winners because he needed to change your associations. And I hear God saying he's working to change your associations. God says it was necessary for your associations to change in order that you might be promoted and graduate and the anointing might increase upon your life. So I hear God saying this. It's, it's extremely important that you obey him in this season and that you associate with those that God uh, uh, draws you close to. I hear the Lord saying that in the natural, they may not be your cup of tea, but the Lord says they're exactly what you need in the spirit. For the Lord says they will activate in you. The Lord says what's necessary to bring you into a new season. Into a new season. In Jesus' name. 
Kara, I hear the Lord tell me tell you that. God, God says, God, yeah, God says you come in here, and Lord says because he's activating you to step up into a new time. God, God says, and you knew it in your heart. It's like the Lord said, you got to get over there because if you, if you don't get over there, I can't activate you. And so, you know what the Lord told me to tell you, Kira? Because you said this, you said to the Lord, Lord, have you changed your mind about me? Lord says, I haven't changed my mind about you. You, you say this to the Lord. You said, Lord, um, have I done things to affect what you're going to do? Are there some things that I should um, not count on happening now because I blew it? The Lord says, you hadn't blown a thing. God says, there's not one thing the Lord says that I have told you that isn't just as true today as it ever was. Because the Lord says, I knew exactly how you'd live your life. I knew how you would how, how you would move and how you would work and how things would do. The Lord says, I knew what would draw you, what would affect you. God says, I knew it. And he says, because I knew it, the Lord says, I'd already told you everything based on what I, the steps I knew that you would take. So the Lord says this, the Lord says, yes. He says, every promise I gave you is yes and amen. You know what some people have said? Some people said, you're opinionated. The Lord said, yeah, because I gave you an opinion. The Lord says, some people says, boy, you a loud mouth. God says, I made you loud on purpose. Because the Lord says, I didn't want you quiet. The Lord said, I wanted you sticking out. God said, I didn't, I didn't call you to blend in. The Lord says, I called you to be unique. God says, I called you to be extraordinary. The Lord says, I didn't call you to normalcy. I didn't, I didn't call you to that. The Lord says, I called you to be extraordinary. He says, and that's what you'll be. The Lord says, the Lord says, you, the Lord says, you are, uh, the Lord says, you are a brilliant light in a dark place. God says, you're not just a, a, a light. God says, you are a brilliant light. A light, the Lord says, that has many facets and many colors. The Lord says, a light that draws from many different streams and many different avenues. The Lord says, you will not have to compromise my word to speak to many different people. The Lord says, there'll be many streams that'll be open to you. He says, he says, you think that if you take a stand, a strong stance on the word of God, that some will be put off. The Lord says they won't be put off. God says, because of your boldness, the Lord says you'll win many in many streams. The Lord says the stance that you'll take will be offensive uh, uh, potentially offensive to, to many in certain people groups. In fact, the stance that you take should run them off, but the Lord says they're going to look at you, they're going to say, thank you for taking that stand. Thank you for being strong. Thank you for not compromising. We love you. You're welcome here. And you'll, and you'll speak into their lives the word of God. And they'll be transformed because of it, because of your boldness, because of your willingness. Lord says, Lord says, I'll never be done with you, Kiara. I'll never be done with you. The Lord says, I've mapped out your whole life. And he says, I've got you scheduled all the way until you take your last breath. God says, I've got you scheduled till you take your last breath. The Lord says, when you speak your last words, the Lord says, you'll cross the finish line of doing the last thing that I want you. He says, in your, in your death, when you're breathing your last breath, with your last breath, you will be ministering to someone what God wanted you to tell them. 
and you'll and you'll go you'll go out of this life and into the life to come finishing your race doing the work of God the Lord answering a mother's prayer a daughter accomplishing what God intended for her to do in the name of Jesus so I lose that to you today whoo boy the spirit of God is here oh God's talking to y'all today we are not going to do it our way we'll leave that to other people we're going to do it his way amen we're going to do it his way glory to God amen well listen I wouldn't miss it this Wednesday I'm going to tell you I'm going to get you ready I have a guest that's coming Wednesday gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit is going to be the topic but I have a guest and they're going to be a blessing you don't want to miss it I wasn't even going to tell you we was going to have a guest. But you want to be here. Because this person, they're going to bless you. <laughs> Amen. And then I'm here this week. I'm excited about it. Something's happening Tuesday. Oh, yeah, me and Gabe. Were, I'm taking Gabe to see P.J. Morton. But anyway, that's, that's, that's not a... <laughs> get you a shirt. Is that what you said? I'll get you some merch. Um, Friday Outreach. Hospital, is it hospital this week? Hospital this week. Anything else going on this week, Hilda? Not that we know of, huh? And then next Sunday, we're back here. Next Sunday, I'll be talking about associations and how they affect the anointing. How your associations with others affect the anointing. Did you receive something today? Amen. Boy, I'm in it. I feel it. I'm about to get giddy. I got so drunk at, at Revival, I hit my knees, man. I, I didn't think I was going to get up, Gil. I'm serious, man. I was probably like, oh, dear God. I was thinking I should have sat down in a chair. I'm on my knees. I'm either going the rest of the way down or I'm going to make my way up here pretty soon. And finally, I made my way up. And then right in front of Ted, too. What a place to try to get sober. With, with one hand on Ted's knee and him in my face. <laughs> Glory. What an awesome time. Listen, I love you. Go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I'll see you guys later this week in the name of Jesus. Oh, you, got, you want prayer? Amen. Anything in particular? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you today for Eric. God, I pray that your blessing will rest mightily upon him, Lord. God, I know that you have great things uh, in store for him. Lord, he's, he's on your path. He and Shelby both. God, they are, they are moving more rapidly toward your, your purpose and your destiny than ever before in their whole entire lives. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you. They're figuring it out. Lord says, I've delivered you out of every affliction and I'll continue to deliver you, he says, as the afflictions come. But I, but I, hear, the, I hear the Lord saying this, the way you deal with affliction is going to be way different as you navigate the waters of the Spirit. The Lord says there's going to come a time when you're, you're never... You're never going to get in uh, anxious. You're not, there's not going to be room for anxiety. The Lord says it's only going to be joy. The Lord says every part of the journey is going to be joyful. The Lord says the good times, the bad times, the high times, the low times. The Lord says the fast times, the slow times. All of them, the Lord says, are going to be with joy and in peace, in the peace of God. But Lord, I thank you that uh, your hand is, uh, is on Eric that your angels are stationed around about him and that he is moving rapidly toward the fulfillment of your purpose and the accomplishment, Lord, of his destiny. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. I thank you for him.
for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.